Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Satan often attacks after a victory in our life. David, everything's going good. It's sometimes as good as he thinks it can be. Everything is really going good for David. But Satan loves to attack. And by the way, Satan knows when to attack. He just doesn't attack when we're down. He does that and he stomps on us more. But he knows to attack when things seem to be going well and we're kind of maybe caught off guard. Don't you get tired of fighting the devil? You get a victory over something in your life that's just been bugging you for the longest time and wham, there it is again. To be sure, probably David felt like he could take a break after defeating the Jebusites and establishing the city we now know as Jerusalem. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching, evil never takes a break. It's relentless. and If you ease up on your vigilance, you'll find yourself taking two steps backwards. David would learn this lesson in the physical realm. You might not need to apply this principle physically, but you certainly need to apply it spiritually. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Samuel chapter 5 as he continues in his series called The Life of David. Lord, let us hear your lessons for Second Samuel chapter 5. We're doing the life of David. This is a jam-packed chapter. Just so you know, I have 23 pages to teach you on my, on my iPad, but that's big letters, so we're okay. We're okay. A little summary as we start. David is now king over united Israel. For the very first time, all the 12 tribes are together. And we learned that God empowered David and his men to take over Jerusalem that really they never could take before. So Jerusalem becomes the capital of this nation. And the blessings of God are everywhere, all over David, all over the nation, and really good things are happening. So it's kind of like a high And David is unified, the nation is unified, God's blessing, they have a place to call their own, he has a new house, the nation of Israel, the the reputation is spreading around the world, and good things are taking place. But, we read chapter 5, verse 13. Now after David, he, left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters are born to him. And these are the names of the children born to him there. 
And that's your assignment to see if you can pronounce those, all right? Now, first thing I want you to write tonight is this. Prosperity can cause us to ignore God and his word. You see, David is really being blessed by God, and he knows it. But David, in his private life, continues to disobey God in regard to the multiplying the wives. Now, we're going there. We've talked about this numerous times. But David knows what he's doing is not right. The law clearly stated, as we taught many times before, that the king was not to do that. But there's an important thing that happens with this. David is ignoring it, and he's going to be a guy of influence. Of course, he already is as king, but he's a father of influence, and his son will pick up on it and pattern his life after good and bad of David. Now, the issue that you might think about, does David think he's getting away with this pattern? It's a pattern now of sin. Well, eventually he'll know that that's not true. And of course, we know, even though we don't see any kind of a a judgment from God right here, there's going to be things coming in David's life. And you and I know what we sow, we will reap. Now, verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it. And he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephidim. Now, there's huge principles here in these verses that are coming up. The Philistines are now worried. For the very first time in a long time, they're worried about David because the tribes are unified. Saul is gone. David's no longer on the run. The civil war is over, and the Philistines know, as they begin to see that they've taken Jerusalem, they know they're in trouble. They know that Israel is going to be a force that they're going to have to be reckoned with. They're going to have to be challenged. So, disturbed by this news of unity, strong central government, the Philistines decide to do something a little unusual. They decide to attack right now. While everything's going good... David's probably kicking back. He now hears that the Philistines are coming against him. So they gather all their forces at the valley of Rephaim, south of Jerusalem. So what is this principle for us? It's a good one. Next thing you want to write is this. Satan often attacks after a victory in our life. David, everything's going good. It's sometimes as good as he thinks it can be. Everything is really going good for David. But Satan loves to attack. And by the way, Satan knows when to attack. He just doesn't attack when we're down. He does that. And he stomps on us more. But he knows to attack when things seem to be going well and we're kind of maybe caught off guard. So David's new stronghold is immediately challenged by the Philistines and their army. So following a great spiritual victory in our lives, an unusual blessing from God, we have to be careful. So a second thing to write down here that I see in this passage is Satan often attacks after we decide to step out in faith. You see, David got the city of Jerusalem, Jebus, 
from the Jebusites because he had faith. No other tribe was able to do it. God gave him the strength and the wisdom to go do it up through the water system. Unique ability. Remember, they made fun of David. Yeah, well, the blind and the lame can take care of you. Go ahead, try to attack. We don't even put our men on the wall. We'll just let them take care of it. Well, God took care of that. But it was a step of faith because that city had never been taken over by the Israelites. So when you and I step out in faith, be prepared. This isn't to frighten us. It's just to make us wise. We never have to be frightened at the enemy. We just have to be wise. The scripture says, don't be fooled by the devices of Satan. So he'll do it when we're on a mountaintop. By the way, he'll do it when you're in a valley. Why? Because he's always after us. So you can't be going and thinking, well, everything's cool now. I'm not going to have to put it on neutral for the next six months. Everything is not going to happen. Satan is always out there. So whenever we step out in faith, secondly, and go for it, that roaring line comes moving right onto the scene. Now, that shouldn't stop us from taking ventures of faith. We just need to be aware that those kind of things are going to happen. Now, David does something right in verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. And Here's what he said. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Now, let's just stop for a moment. Think about that. What kind of a question is that? The army's there. They're ready to attack. What a common sense person do? Get ready to do what? To do battle. I mean, what would an army leader do? Hello, David. Which he'd done how many times before? Hundreds. What would he do? Get ready to attack. But he does a wise thing. He inquires of the Lord. Now, why is that? Because David's beginning to learn God's ways are not our ways. So sometimes we just automatically go ahead and do this. We've all done it. And then we stop and go, wait a minute, God isn't blessing this. What happened? Well, we stepped out on our own. It wasn't a venture of faith. It was a venture of Mark Balmer. Put your own name in. We've been there. So he does the right thing. He goes to God and he asks God for wisdom. So just write this down. Why does he do it? Well, I think this is a good thing. Trials have a lot of good in our life. One of the things is that when we're going through difficult times or trials or the enemy's there or things are looking a little rough, what do we do? we tend to seek God a lot more. And that's exactly what David's doing. He's just come back from a great victory, but now he's going to say to God, hey God, what should we do? Now, look at the rest of verse 19. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? Now, he's not asking, just wipe them all out and I'll go there and say, thank you, God. He's just saying, are you going to be in this as we go in battle? And the Lord answered him, go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. Notice he doesn't say go. Let's see how you got a 70-30 chance at winning. He says, no, go, for I, God, will surely hand the Philistines 
over to you. How many like God to say in our answer to us, I will surely do it. I like that. How often do we hear that? Not all the time. Because he wants us to what? Step out in faith. But in this particular case, God comes back and says, go for it. Guaranteed. Finished. Done. It's accomplished. Maybe you're in a battle, but how do we hear God? I mean, David is ecstatic. God's responded. God, God's the same God today. He knows how to respond to us. So notice that God does answer. So if we go to him in prayer, it's a great thing because God wants to speak to us. Verse 20. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. Basically, it should say, there God defeated them. David helping. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So the place was called Baal-perazim. I will surely is a thing that got David going that morning for absolutely as he started out going. I'm in confidence today because I've heard from the Lord. See, when we hear from God, it's such a builder of confidence in our life because we know he's going ahead. As I get ready to teach this weekend, which is not what I was going to teach, I had the next week already ready. When God stopped me in in Saturday and then confirmed it during the teaching Saturday night, even as I was teaching, that just gives me confidence. I don't have it all set out yet, but I already know he's got it ready. And that means that he wants you, as well as me, to hear that. When we hear God speak to us, it's wonderful to step out in confidence. It's a great builder for us. Well, verse 21 is a funny verse, but it's a sad verse as well. Now, the Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. It's easy to kind of go right behind this verse and not even stop. Pastor Mark, why are you even talking about that crazy verse? Well, now think about this. Think of the gods the people of our world worship. There's only one true God. All the other gods are idols or dead gods. So here the Philistines, like many of the nations today, like billions of people today, the Philistines worship pagan dead gods, carved idols that they would take into the battle with them. Now, let me just find a, let me use this as an idol. So you're going into battle with your carved idol. Who wants to serve a God that you have to carry into the battle? (laughs) Come on, come on, come on. We're going to the battle. So here they are in the battle. Here they are in the battle. And they're defeated. So what do they do? They run. They leave. And they leave their gods on the battlefield. Now, if the God could talk, what would he say? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Take me with you. (laughs) So what happens? We know later that David and his men did what to these guys? They burned them. So there's funny, isn't there? There's funny there. But there's great sadness there. I would imagine way more than one billion of our world worships idols 
They can't speak, can't talk, can't do anything. Satan is such an amazing deceiver, isn't he? You see, these people need a God, a real God, that can rescue them. That takes them into the battle and fights for them. But they don't know how to do worship, so they worship dead, useless idols. Verse 22. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephim. Now, what does that mean? They've been defeated. What did they do? They go back. They regather together. And they're going to do what? They're going to come and battle again. So they go back. They probably go back, make more gods, more carved gods, bring them with them. And they're getting ready to battle again. What does that say to us? You would think David, after this battle, goes, wow, they even left their gods here. We burned their gods. Thank you, God. You terrific. Can relax for a while. And the next news he gets is what? Here they are. Where? Getting ready to battle again. What do you want to learn from that? Here's what I believe God is saying to us. Satan is relentless in his attacks. We have to be aware. See, Satan is always going around like a roaring lion. Now, that doesn't mean we have a Satan mentality, we have a fear mentality. It just simply means that you and I know life is not a playground, it's a battlefield. And it's over the souls of men and women. It isn't over a mountain. It isn't over the city of Jerusalem. It isn't over even the Jerusalem here in our world. It's over people. The land's going to be burned, done, brand new earth, brand new heaven. But it's over people. Now, here's where you have to stop and use some good biblical thinking. If you're David, what are you going to do now? Yeah, sure, you're going to inquire again. I don't believe it a second you read the next verse. (laughs) If I'm David, I'm going to say what? Get the army together. We did it to them once. We're going to do it again. Now, come on. How many would have done that? You'd have just gone right out there. I mean, it's been two days. I mean, how much could you forget? And we're going to go right back out there and do it again, right? Those of you that are holy, just wait for us. We'll catch up with you. (laughs) See, it's nice to read the Bible and see what David did, but we don't usually, we, most of us, just go right out and do it again. Now, we did ask the first time, good. But I mean, God, it's been two days. Nothing's going to change. I'm going to use the plan you just gave me, and away we go. Well, those of you that are holy, which is none of us, really, but it's all right. So verse 23, so David inquired of the Lord, and God answered this time, do not go straight on, don't do a frontal attack, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. Now, for me, it's very interesting that David went to God again. Second thing is, to do that meant that David really trusted in the Lord's plans and not his. He didn't just say, I'll do it again. It's important that all of us, especially those of us in leadership, don't get into a spiritual rut 
and fill with pride and go like, well, this is a no-brainer. We'll just do this. On the other hand, you know, in our churches, we do things pretty much routine. When you come, you're going to see worship. You're going to see the word. You're going to see friends. You're going to see connecting. Those principles never change. How we kind of do all those things, yeah, we have some different ways to do that. That's okay. But we never change, we never change those Acts chapter 2 things. That's what the church is. But how we do it can have some freshness. And here's what God says. God amazingly says to David, well, you're not going to do it this way. You are going to defeat him, but you're going to come around the back. So what do I get from that? Please write this down. God is not a formula. God is not a formula. There are so many books written that seem to tell us we can follow God by a formula. Principles, yes. A lot of wonderful principles and lots of good books. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. It's all about God. Seek God first, everything. God is for us, not against us. Those are principles. But if you think if I do A and B and C, then God's going to do this. God isn't a formula. God's a person. He's an individual. And there's great danger to think, as we mature in our walk, that we've kind of figured God out. You can't figure God out. He's not a formula. He will do things his way. If you go through the New Testament, we know that. When Jesus came, remember one of the reasons Jesus came was to show people what God was like. Well, what about Jesus? Was Jesus a formula? (laughs) How did he heal? You name it. What did he do with unbelievers? Did he have a formula? God has a wonderful plan for your life, page two. No, a million ways he did it. Now, nothing wrong with the four spiritual laws. Great principle. But if you use it like a canned presentation, you'll get a canned response. No, because nothing of our heart. So we must continually seek God's will every day. God is a personal, living, answering God. We must consult him. God is a personal, living, answering God. He's personal. He's living. He's ready to speak to you and I right now. So we must consult him. So God says, don't go straight in. You go around the back in front of the balsam trees. Look at verse 24. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly. Because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So God's fresh new strategy was what? Ambush. A surprise attack. Now how did God know that would work? That's exactly the right answer. Because he's God. He's all-knowing. He knew what would work. Now what if David tries the front way again? He didn't do it. He's not stupid. He would be defeated. You're going to see we have to do God's will God's way. We don't do it our way. The end, the means never justify the end. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that the battle against evil never ends. You were told that Satan is always watching for an opportunity to take advantage of you. He even tried to do that with Jesus after his 40-day fast in the desert. The good news is that all Christ followers have the weapons and armor to defeat the devil, if they will use them. We 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next teaching, Pastor Mark will be reminding you that the life of the Christ follower is a battlefield, not a playground. You'll learn that prayer is the most critical weapon you can use and how God gave David success as a result of inquiring of God how David should best fight the enemies of Israel. You'll find the answers you need when you talk to God as well. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.